Hey, wrestling nerds, you're about to sink your ear holes into a big old serving of the motherfucking IndyCast. For over eight years, the best of independent wrestling interviews, pop fucking culture, debates over topics like breakfast cereals and the Muppets, plus more innuendo than you can shake a goddamn stick at. So here is Maximus Chad Allen, Sticking Fucking Steamboat, Zach Romero, and occasionally Duchess Von Finger Bang, Luna Lynn, as they bring you the Fucking Indie Cats, exclusively on the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network. Greetings, everybody. Welcome once again to the IndieCast. Chad Allen, Zach Romero, your uh, tandem of podcasting wonderfulness here with you today. Uh, as that always, like a, that was like a little roller coaster to ride on. Thank there you. Of, like, where was this description going? <laughs> so, uh, Zach, hey, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing just fine, Chad. Doing just fine, but very Good. excited. We are dipping our yeah. toes back into the uh, wrestling-themed gaming world. It's been uh, quite some time since we've done it officially. Obviously, we've right. had some guests uh, reappear every now and again. But we're branching into a new frontier, uh, one of the most interesting and dynamic games involved with professional wrestling going today. And I think if we listen a little further in this episode, maybe a little bit more than just a game. For the first time on the IndyCast, the grand poobah, the genius, the one-man creative typhoon <laughs> who brings to us the groundbreaking game Smack Talk Showdown, it is the one and only Matt Ringler. Matt, thank you so much for joining us on the IndyCast. Thank you for that intro. Um, that grand intro, I uh, do like to say that uh, Smack Talk Showdown is a multi-man effort you know i'm not <laughs> the singular mind behind it all but i do appreciate the intro there's no greater were... trios than me myself and i so well done man <laughs> i really appreciate it you are definitely sean the other two are definitely marty so <laughs> you are sean Just... one is marty and the other one is a window um <laughs> so let's talk a little let's give the initial sales pitch to our dozens and dozens listening about what is Smack Talk Showdown? And then we're going to bombard you with a lot of very bland questions, very similar to what I just asked. So let's go with the uh, initial sales pitch. To the uninitiated, what is Smack Talk Showdown? So Smack Talk Showdown is a party card game uh, where the whole idea is that you're just smack talking your opponent, and it's whoever can do the best smack talk is going to win. Uh, so it's very simple to play. Uh, you need at minimum uh, three people. Uh, so the way you play is you start by drawing two cards uh, from, we have uh, these handful of name cards, which are just combinations of words that when put together, will give you kind of your persona that you're going to use for your round. So I just have the game in front of me and just drew uh, two random cards. So the one I had, so the character would be the vicious flame would be your persona. Uh, then um, you have it, these. We have these cards called segment cards, which give you random scenarios or situations that give you the framing for your smack talk. 
Um, so let me pick one here. So yes, this one is the wrestlers are fighting at a mall opening. They must promote the stores in the mall during their promo. <laughs> so that's the scenario you're going to be in. Uh, so each round, like I said, has three players. So you have two of them are acting as the wrestlers. They're the ones who have the personas. They're the ones who are going head to head. And then you have a third person who is uh, the producer and they're responsible for keeping time. And then they also draw three of uh, what we call smack cards, which are kind of the meat and potatoes of the game, which have various things, phrases, whatever, uh, that the producer will then play on the wrestlers during their promos, during their smack talk, that they then have to do. Uh, so they might trip them up, they might help them out. Uh, so we have things like the speaker must talk about the playground tactics they'll use against the opponent. Uh, the speaker must maintain eye contact with their opponent and cannot blink for the remainder of their promos. <laughs> uh, they have to make animal noises during their promos. And so we have, a, there's like 300 plus cards in the game about those. Uh, and each wrestler has 45 seconds to give their best promo, smack talk. And then um, if you're just playing with those three people, the producer will then declare a winner. Or if you're playing with a larger group, everyone who's not in that current round, they act as the audience. And there's even some smack cards that bring the audience in, either as uh, they have to chant things. Some of them, they have to you know, be pulled in as interference or they have to you know, take the place of somebody. Uh, and so, yeah, if you're playing with a larger group, then uh, the larger group will then vote on who wins. And then you just rotate around and pick. And then you yeah, keep going until you don't want to play anymore. <laughs> as all good uh sit down party games should go exactly That's right there's no official points it's just play until everyone goes all right we're doing something else now <laughs> right uh, i do have one request matt i do need you to pick uh one more combination of uh of uh, character names if you wouldn't mind yes all right give me a second i would also like to state for the record uh the uh wrestling uh, wrestling show in a mall where they had to get the stores over uh is ringing frightfully true to a show i was at once so um oh i didn't know chad how did we not cross paths i didn't know you were at the wallop at the walden books that's amazing <laughs> you you were rig announcing that show sir right. that's right. that's true. So, so i just pulled another i pulled another two random names so we would have uh the macho hunk excellent would be excellent. another uh, example beautiful, beautiful yeah um amazing what a fantastic uh concept for a game and uh and so with that being said now that everyone's been brought up to speed here uh chad why don't we really bring down the show and start bombarding <laughs> this poor man with very very basic uh podcast questions yeah, let's get into the briefly into the lightning round here. Uh, these are uh, podcast questions that you've probably heard on every time you've gone onto a uh, onto a podcast. Uh, so we try to get them out of the way quickly and right away, uh, and then uh, usually we really just fall apart by about question three. Um, so question one: uh, Normally we would ask for when we have wrestlers on uh, who trained you and when did you debut. That doesn't quite fit here. So no. <laughs> uh, tell us a little bit about what the uh, origin of about what time frame was the game released and what was the uh, what kind of got you guys started in, in creation? Yeah. So uh, at the time, uh, we the three of us who made the game, we were all working at a video game company we were working at Harmonix. And uh, each year they would do a game jam where it's kind of a two, three day 
uh, everybody starts working and you have two to three days to make your own game. So you get with teams and it's like a team building, you know, breaking the work schedule type of thing. And everybody kind of makes a quick game that then they present. Uh, so myself, I worked uh, in quality assurance. Uh, Danny, the other guy who worked on it, was in the finance team. And Dennis uh, was on the marketing team. And so generally what would happen in a lot of these game jams is, you know, you have all the programmers and the artists and the developers, and they can do all sorts of crazy, amazing things in three days. Um, and so sometimes if you're not one of those people, you end up just kind of sitting around. And I did not want to sit around for three days just kind of waiting on someone to do something so i posted in our internal slack channel saying like hey who wants to make a uh, card game based on wrestling promos and then uh, immediately danny and dennis were just like yeah 100 <laughs> percent um so that's how that's essentially how it kind of sparked uh we built out a prototype over those two days where we officially or the first prototype we had for the game was overly complex where we had uh, three different decks. We had an indie deck, a performance <laughs> center deck, and a main event deck with varying degrees of difficulty. And each one, you know, the first deck you'd have 45 seconds, the second deck you'd have a, mi a minute and a half, and the final one you'd have three minutes. And there's all, and then we realized like, yeah, this is way too complicated. So we like stripped it down and made kind of the bare bones version of what we have now and uh made it uh i think our first deck we had maybe had like 50 cards in it we spent the first day just watching wrestling promos uh and then we kind of just really did some real quick uh version of cards um and you know we ended up playing the game with a bunch of people uh who you know aren't wrestling fans or didn't know anything about wrestling because we kind of wanted to make a game that wasn't like very uh, in, you know, you had to know a lot of insider lingo. You had to know a lot of insider stuff. Uh, so we ended up, you know, because we just wanted to make like a fun, goofy game. And, you know, as we were playing it with people, we realized like, hey, this is really, like people are really enjoying this and this is really fun. And so then we decided to do a Kickstarter for it and see if we could like build it out, flush it out more. So we found some, uh, you know, artists to do like card design, to do box design. And we did our initial release back in um, 20, I want to say 2016, end of 2016, maybe okay. 2017, uh, where we did our first print run. And then we sold that out. And then, it, and so now we're in our second print run with our first expansion, which is our uh, Lewd Attitude expansion, which is a 100 card expansion pack, which is like more. Uh, raunchy cards more inappropriate cards because where are the big <laughs> the main base game is pretty overall it's family friendly uh in terms of what the cards say uh how the people do their smack talk and how they do their promos can be yeah as, i was just gonna say as much as they want but the cards themselves there's nothing like uh it's all as, like pg on all the cards themselves as far as anyone's concerned legally it's family friendly <laughs> exactly um whereas the cards on the in the loot attitude expansion are more uh, you know, PG-13 or R-rated in terms of their, and what they actually say and tell you to do. Um, so that's kind of our, like, Attitude Era-inspired deck. Um, so that's where we're at now, and we just got this, you know, we had um, we had a bunch of shipping delays and production delays, 
because uh, of COVID and all that. But we got our, you know, we finally got everything back. And uh, I think yeah, back in the spring, early summer. So now we have a full restock of the game, full restock of the expansion. Um, so that's where we're at now. I was going to say, and I know for a fact that that's not just necessarily on you and on, on SmackDown Showdown, that, yeah. that, that like, that's just been a thing with games in general for the last year and change. Like, there's even huge, yep. huge, huge, big, big, big games have all been like, yeah, there's nothing happening. Sorry. So Right. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, for, you know, for us, we were in the grants, you know, for the production uh, company or the company who did all of our manufacturing, uh, they do tons of manufacturing for like very big name games. So, we, you know, we're pretty low on their priority list and getting stuff out, but they were great to work with. And um, yeah, a lot of it just ended up just being kind of a lot of like, they're just like, hey, there's delays. And we're just like, yep, there's delays. Not, you know, nothing we can do about it. We'll, uh, we'll push pre-orders of the game and, you know, we'll get it when we get it. And we finally got it. And it's great. Yeah, amazing. Absolutely amazing. What a success story with Kickstarter, too, because that's not necessarily a guarantee. So well yep. done to you and your team for making that happen. And and uh, I saw everything shipping out great. And congrats just up across the board. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. Uh, well, amazingly enough, we're still, still in the lightning round, but that's OK. Question number two in the lightning <laughs> round. What is your uh, first wrestling memory? For, um so yeah so i probably started watching in terms of watching wrestling definitely later but in terms of wrestling in general memory uh like my my older cousins were very into wrestling uh and so they came up watching wrestling like in the 80s um and then you know being as a, the younger cousin i got a lot of their you know i'd go over to the, my aunt and uncle's house where they were and play with a lot of their you know the toys that they played with when they were younger and they had i forget what the model or whatever but they were the uh you know the wwf uh you know the big rubbery chunky wrestling toys okay those were the, those were the ljn figures i think yeah i don't remember which ones exactly they were because they were also like pretty beat up by the time i <laughs> i got of course because you know it's through my three cousins there's three brothers um but i think that would probably be the earliest in terms of wrestling memories playing with those toys at, the, at their house now was that like an education thing too like were they like oh this is you know ultimate warrior or blah 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 or was it just like hey just make up your own stuff and we're just gonna go from there a lot yeah a lot, a lot of it was just that though it'd be like uh you know i'll be you know we'd go over to their house um pretty frequently and it would just i'd be like oh hey check out these cool action figures i'm gonna go play with them uh yeah i think i remember recognizing like hulk hogan or something and macho man randy savage because they were just everywhere anyways um and then i think it probably years later then i realized like they had like a kamala um i think maybe a road warrior or something uh again they were pretty like worn and beat up so some of the ones that might not have had a very distinct uh features were very worn down yeah but i you know it was just that's probably in terms of like wrestling memories i think uh would be that would be that in terms of watching i would say uh like i said i didn't really watch wrestling till like much later and probably didn't watch it in like very high regularity until uh, you know i was working on this game frequently and we were going to shows and we were talking with people and we were interacting with wrestlers themselves but i would uh always catch a lot of tna 
in like the 2005, six, seven, because they would always run a, uh, it would like run like a replay of it before like a Saturday Night Live or something. It'd be like one of the only things on that wasn't like an infomercial or something before Saturday Night Live. Uh, and so I'll like catch the tail end of that flipping through channels. Interesting. And uh, very interesting. You mentioned the Ultimate Warrior uh, figure there, if there was such a thing. Uh, those Ultimate Warrior figures uh, actually go for somewhere around like $3,000 now, if you can find the big rubber LJN ones. I've always found that very <laughs> interesting. They, so so if they had yeah. one of those, I hope they like kept it somewhere. Well, from um, the sounds of it, it sounds like it was just the beige man by the time it yeah it was probably yeah by the time it got to me and probably by the time it's probably gone by now right Um, oh i'm sure it's probably gone by now but even by the time if by the time it got to me it was it was worn it was very worn (laughs) anyway so i don't think it would have caught anybody you know much money anyways (laughs) uh question number three other than your own game obviously what is your favorite party game party game yes sir Oh man, I really like Super Fight. Uh, mm-hmm. Very that, good. It, it, very, and it was very one of the one of the games that we played a lot while developing Smack Talk Showdown as well, because it has very similar elements where it's not just uh, you know you're playing a card and then you read the card and then you go yeah that was you know like that's a funny card. It's you have the cards but then you yourself are the one who has to kind of like convince people to do you know convince people who's going to win in the fight convince people why you should win and that's very much in the same vein as what smack talk showdown ended up being where the cards are just there to kind of give you guidance and then whether or not you win or lose is up to yourself and how you kind of uh you know how you do your promo how you do your smack how you do your performance uh, so, yeah, so I think Super Fight, and then I think they did, like, a similar game called Red Flags, which is, like, a dating show version. Yes. So, they, I think those two would probably be my favorite uh, party games. Very nice. Uh, question number four. Uh, you're going to a party. It's a, it's a potluck. Or maybe you're at work, and it's a potluck. What's the worst thing to bring to a potluck? Oh, the worst <laughs> thing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hold on, give me a second, because I was assuming you were going to say, what's the best thing to bring? Not no, interested. I, not <laughs> interested. The best thing to bring is meatballs. That's I'm always of the belief that it's meatballs. Meatballs? But that's, I, love me a good, I love me a good crockpot meatball, but that's neither here nor there. Worse, I think a bone-in fish, I think, would be pretty terrible. Oh. oh Especially yeah, if you had to reheat it in the office. Right. If you if you're reheating that in the office, you should be immediately fired. <laughs> I think a bone-in fish would probably be the worst thing someone could bring to a potluck, because it just uh, it hits all the areas of being terrible. That it's like a weird thing to bring in. It would smell bad to reheat. It'd be a pain to eat in a potluck setting because it has mm-hmm. <laughs> all that stuff, and like not many people would probably want it. That is a devious mind to come up with that. That's <laughs> that is. very impressive. Uh, and then final question of the lightning round, uh, the one we have definitely have to ask everybody, Marvel or DC and why? I would say Marvel because of the Marvel vs. Capcom games. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, cause, uh, that's what I probably play. Uh, that's probably my most interaction with Marvel stuff is through that. So that's, uh, so that's how I got introduced to a lot of Marvel characters was playing like Marvel vs. Capcom 2 playing with the character and being like 
then wanting you know and then wanting to know more about them. And I was going to say, up... speaking of that, I there's been rumors uh, jumping back up that they're going to officially do like an HD remake of yeah, yeah. Marvel's Capcom Two. I saw too. that news, and I said if they do, they better not adjust any of the balancing in that game i want that right. game broken <laughs> i want that game like hey no i picked this team and literally it's impossible to beat us i want that kind of nonsense in that game exactly yeah um yeah i think i mean i think in terms of like comic book stuff i think always this anytime i would I interact with some sort of like a comic book or a superhero or something like that it would always be ended up it would be marvel in general uh yeah, I can't really think of, you know, reading like Superman or Batman or Green Lantern comics, but I would always, you know, I definitely read like Spider-Man and the X-Men and all, yeah, definitely a lot more X-Men than anything for Marvel. Because like I said, in, they have those, in, at least in Marvel's Capcom 2, it was like mostly X-Men. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. Right. I mean, you had Spider-Man and Wolverine, but yes, right. mostly X-Men. Right. Oh, wait, Wolverine is an X-Men. He yeah, had Spider-Man, yeah. and that was about it. Everybody else was an X-Men. So, well, Zach, because we mentioned Marvel versus Capcom here, I'm actually going to uh, go to a segment we like to do on our show a little early. Oh, yes. Um, because it's a perfect follow-up right now. It's a segment we like to call, Who's Your Main? Uh, so okay. I'm going to uh, mention off a few uh, fighting games, because we all love fighting games. And uh, tell us who's the, who's the character you normally pick. And actually, uh, I'm going to have to add Marvel versus Capcom to this list, because well, it has not been... technically, you got to pick three characters. Three. Oh, right. So that's <laughs> a little hefty. I am, we're go that's okay, but we're going to see what his normal what his normal team... Also, I want to know who like the undefeatable teams are, because I haven't played this game in forever. Oh, I, I haven't played it in a while, too. So, But who are some of the people you like to pick on Marvel versus Capcom? It's going to be tough, because for Marvel vs. Capcom, I always think it was because it had such a big roster. I, always, I never played with, like, a single person. I'd always be, like, just rotating through, like, random people. Sure. Oh, if you pick a few in the Oh, yeah. Season, All right. So okay. I'll give you a couple. So I'd always play Cable. Of course. Of course. Everybody played as Cable. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, cable was like, I just want to, I just need to run through the story mode to, or on the PS2 version where you had to get points or whatever to, like, unlock more characters. Like, I just need to run through the game. Who's the at least who's the easiest way to do it? Just pick cable. Um, so cable was in there. Uh, I always picked uh, trombone. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just because I loved her as a as a young when I was younger and you know wasn't really like pulling off anything fancy. I just loved her super where it would just be like it would just send out a ton of the serve bots and just give you like a hundred hit combo. I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> Um, and who else? Let's see. I'm trying to think. I feel like I always play as, I play with Wolverine a lot, too. Well, I, I, I'm glad to say that I did a quick Google search of literally which characters were the most broken <laughs> in Marvel's Capcom 2, and I'm seeing Cable and Wolverine both come up. So you yeah, had two yeah, out of three yeah. of just absolute BSers in that yeah. game. Who was the third most broken after that one? Uh, they said Sentinel, which makes sense. That's a giant robot that takes up half the screen. True. Um, uh, but they said Wolverine was best for like button mashing. So I was like, man, that was me. So yeah, that's me too. So yeah, that tracks for me playing as a young as a young kid. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's funny that you mentioned the like getting the points to unlock characters. I know there was a part where like you would earn points automatically just for having the game on for the game or for the Dreamcast version. Yep. So I remember leaving 
my friend's Dreamcast on for like 48 hours straight. Like yeah, just yeah, think, melting the cables yeah. just to get the point, just to <laughs> basically hit the lottery and be like, I'm unlocking everybody. Right. Yeah. Um, I think, not even yeah, my game system. I ruined that kid's TV. I think, yeah, I think like the PS2, my... you could do that too. If you like just went into training mode yeah, and just yeah, left it yeah. running. Those were the days. All right, Chad, what's our next game? Uh, next game, Street Fighter. Always one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. Oh, Street Fighter. Okay. Uh, any which one? Just any Street Fighter? Yeah. Well, who's who's your normal well, main? Anytime you're picking up a Street Fighter. I'm gonna. Well, here I will say because Street obviously Street Fighter Two I think is the the like the I know there's Street Fighter but that nobody really counts that one. So Street <laughs> Fighter Two like of the original grouping who, who okay. was in that. Okay. So of those guys, um, I would probably. Oh man. Probably, it's going to, yeah, pretty basic, but uh, Ken or Ryu. Okay. Those are the characters I learned with. So I know Excellent. I know their movesets the best and most comfortable with them. So if I had to pick, like, hey, this, if I had to pick a main, probably one of them guys. Okay. Uh, how about uh, Mortal Kombat? Mortal Kombat. Um, Johnny Cage. Excellent okay. choice. Yep. Uh, and then the one I usually end with, unless Zach wants to add any in on here, um, no, Super, Super Smash Brothers. Uh, Super Smash Brothers? Oh, let's see. God, that's another game that just has a bajillion characters. That's true. <laughs> um, in, the mo- in, the, in Ultimate, I usually play with King K. Rule. Nice. Oh, okay, okay. And if I had to pick one, a character that's just been in like all most of them or all of them, either Kirby or Donkey Kong. Okay. Okay. Uh, I appreciate you not cheating and just being <laughs> like, oh, who do I main in Ultimate? Uh, Ryu from Street Fighter. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That could have been, there could have been that answer. So, so uh, you had mentioned, uh, you know, obviously you sat down when you were kind of prepping the game and, and sat down and watched. A whole boatload of promos um so what in your opinion what makes a good wrestling promo and then to follow that one once you give that answer what do you think the best promo of all time is a good one for me uh it's just if it's memorable it doesn't matter if it's good if it's bad if it's corny if it's memorable i think that's good i think that's funny you know uh because it's like it's you have like in wrestling, you have a spe- this kind of special situation that you don't have in other, you know, sports and all that, where you can you can like make up, you can you know make up all the sports stories that they make all the sports documentaries that happen you know maybe like once or twice in a decade or an era, and you can just do all those all you want. You can do even weirder, outlandish stuff. Uh, so like anything that is just like is memorable. You know, like uh, at least for like when we were, you know, watching promos for Smack Talk Show, we weren't necessarily watching like the ones that are like most famous, classic stuff. You know, like Dusty Rose Hard Times and stuff like that. We were looking for ones that were just like goofy or weird or you know even bad ones because those would usually give us the best ideas for cards to write. You know, because <laughs> uh, you know, like we and. A lot, you know, a lot of cards that we have, uh, we, uh, like I mentioned, how we want we play with a lot of non-wrestling people. So when we wrote a lot of the cards, we wanted to make them, you know, if so anybody can read them, 
and everybody's going to know what's what to do and what they're talking about. So, and oftentimes you'd find the ideas that for a lot of those would be in the more, you know, quote unquote bad promos or goofier mm-hmm. promos rather than you know the more famous classic promos that are that ended up kind of being a little more wrestling jargony or like specific to certain wrestling events it, you know they'd be like the ones where you'd have someone talking about you know like you know like any mid-carter ed- attitude era promos were generally very good late wcw promos were generally very good in terms of giving us ideas um you know like uh we watched like backyard wrestling and they would cut promos beforehand and those would always give us like great ideas uh, so like as long you know if it's memorable if it's if it, if it entertains you if it makes you like either like laugh or if it makes you like remember it or if it makes you interested in what is going on regardless that's what makes it, i think that's what makes it good excellent okay so so of the the like research that you did yeah. is there one promo that stands out in your mind like is there one that as soon as you were done watching you're like well that's gonna live in my brain forever now yeah, I mean the obvious one is the Scott Signer promo. Uh, I mean that that one's, <laughs> I mean that one's just been everywhere forever at this point. Uh, but I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to think of some of the more like niche ones that we watched that I just like now ingra- There was one we found for, it was for some. It was for some backyard wrestling thing that they were doing, and this guy was giving like the hype you know giving like the hey here's who's going to be competing and here's who's hyping up uh he was wearing like the most ill-fitting baggy polo shirt uh (laughs) he was in like the it was like a half finished attic so it had like carpeting and it had full walling but there was like still kind of like wiring hanging down and you know he's going through it he's going through it normally and then all just out of nowhere he just goes, and now white power is gonna reign supreme. Oh, oh! <laughs> and I don't think it was like in like a in like a bad or racist context. I just think he just didn't know the proper words to say it. But it was just like it was it was just like a very mundane, and it just started off just being like kind of weird because they're just kind of this backyard whatever thing, and then all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, just like. White power is going to reign supreme in this next matchup. And it's like, what? <laughs> was... Well, I'm sure the guy's name was probably like Greg White or something like that. And this guy was like, oh, there you yeah. go. Yeah, but hey, without yeah. that promo, we wouldn't have the special holographic card in Smack Talk Showdown, which right. is be <laughs> accidentally racist. Uh, which yeah, is right. a very difficult card to deal with. But hey. So there, there was that one. There was another one where we found these guys who were doing backyard wrestling, which when we first found it, I think we laughed harder than anything else we ever found. Uh, so the one, so they did some promos where they would just, they just had like an iPhone or whatever. And they sat it down, like on a park bench facing the sun and then would like walk way too far away. So they would just be like blown out by the sun and you could barely <laughs> hear them. Uh, there was another one where it's clearly just two guys. So the one guy was holding the camera and the other guy was giving his like promo, and then there was very clearly a moment where he walks behind the camera to his guy. The other guy hands him the camera because there was shake, and then he walks out in front to give his promo. 
and I'm guessing the promos were against each other. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, nice. it was great. Um, but like one of the matches they did, so they did it in their backyard, and the setup was they come out from the back. Uh, the the setup was just like a piece of plywood on the ground. Then they had the ring ropes set up around them. Uh, and it was only three guys. Two guys are the wrestlers. One was the cameraman. And they their their ring bell was they were hitting a propane tank with a hammer. Okay. But because they only had two guys, so one of the wrestlers had to walk over to the propane tank, hit it to ring the bell, and then come back. Right? So they were doing all their stuff. And then they when someone was getting pinned, the person who was doing the pinning was counting himself, was doing the count himself. Of course. (laughs) I wear a lot of hats. And you know, and they were because the ropes were like they really didn't. The ropes were just there for show, so they you know pretending to run the ropes. They were you know pretending to do all you know they're doing all the moves and doing all the stuff. But that, like that one, that and those promos are the ones that are just be like ingrained in my head forever because they were just so funny <laughs> to me to watch and just like not expecting what was going to happen at any point during that. And like it took us a few times because we like we watched that one. We're like, "Where's this bell coming?" Like, because we were hearing the bell, so I'm like, "Where's this bell coming? Who's running the bell?" And then we rewatch it, and we realize like he, the dude had been, you know, the guy had walked off, and there was a propane tank like sitting on a chair that they were hitting as the bell. Well, I mean, you want to build some tension in a wrestling show, you know? That's how you go about it. Like, hey, I mean, I would hope this match, an, I hope it was an for one tank. fall, and none of us may survive. So. <laughs> But yeah, I think the part that got us was uh, when we were watching and we realized like there was no ref. We're like, who's going to count it? And then we see him counting themselves <laughs> we, and, you know, calling a two count on themselves when the other guy would kick out. <laughs> we, uh, that was great. Um, what was an, there was another one we watched where they were doing a ladder match. It was a different group, group of guys. They were doing a ladder match. This one did have a ref. Uh, they were doing a ladder match somewhere. And the way they had it set up is they had the you know these two giant poles with a string going across it, and they had the the uh, belt in the center. They had it was just a giant tarp was the the ring area, and then the ladder they had was a pool ladder, like the kind of ladder you would have in your pool. But they just had taken it out of the ground. Amazing. Taken out and just had it on the ground. It was probably no taller than like a regular step ladder. So they're doing their whole thing. They're doing their match, and, the, and you know they weren't for for like the setup they do and for what they were. They weren't terrible. You know they were, you know, hitting stuff and doing normal stuff. Um, but there was one moment during it where it starts to rain because they're outside. Oh lord! Okay. And it starts to rain. Oh, and they also had someone doing commentary. And the guy doing commentary was just the guy holding the camera. Uh, <laughs> Okay, great, excellent. And and it starts to rain, and because there's a tarp, it's very loud. uh, But they continue with the match. It starts to rain. Uh, They do one – there's one spot that they try to do where the guy was going to jump off from the pool ladder onto the other guy. But because it was raining and the tarp had gotten slick, when he went to jump, it, like, slipped a little bit, and he, like, got maybe, like, an inch off – from like the top rung and just kind of like flop down. Nice. <laughs> um, 
And then there's another part as we're watching this, you can slowly see the two posts that were holding up the the belt start to sink towards each other and the belt is just getting closer and closer and closer and closer to the ground because the ground is getting wet <laughs> so by the end of the match essentially they could just reach up and grab it nice. to the one point where the guy who was the ref finally like went over to the pole and like hoisted it back up so that the other guy could then move the pool ladder under it climb up it and grab it <laughs> it was great I gotta find this video. Yeah, let's say now but, we have homework. Yeah, I'll, have I'll after the, I, I have them bookmarked somewhere. So after, amazing. After this, I'll send them off to you guys. And well, by the way, was, Zach, I would also like to say, by the way, at the uh, interestingly enough, at that mall show, there is there is indeed footage being recorded from uh, from ringside that I do believe has uh, some ringside commentary from the people holding the camera too. So <laughs> we've, we've got a lot of this going on here. I like this. So. Well, I was originally going to say the thing with the Scott Steiner math promo is it's, it's interesting seeing it kind of go through this whole life cycle. Cause when it first hit, it did not go over terribly well. No. It yeah, was I, sort I watched of... it. I remember seeing it happen like live i remember watching it live right and so when it happened people were just sort of like oh so scott steiner's just lost his mind then okay well you know steroids will do that like that was sort of the take that i saw and then it kind of became something to sort of dunk on in terms of like kind of a botchamania sort of like ah wrestling is stupid and then eventually enough time passed that it went full circle and it was like actually the math promo is art. It turns out it's right. art. And so right. it actually doesn't get any better in wrestling than that. That was the apex. That's art. And right. Like so, that, yeah. Like I, like I was saying earlier, like what I think are great promos are the ones that are what is, what are memorable, regardless of if they're good, bad, serious, corny, whatever. If they're just, if they're memorable and entertaining, that's what makes them great. Is it leaving a lasting impression? That's right. the question. And like, and like one, you know, one of the things with the Scott Steiner promo specifically, which also makes it great, is is he's confident in everything he says throughout, <laughs> throughout, and that's what also, and like that's uh, you know, something when people have asked me like, hey, do you have any tips for playing the game or doing everything? And I'm just telling them like, don't worry about what you're gonna say, just say it, because mm-hmm. when you say it with confidence, people will find it whatever you say, you know, funny or good or whatever it's when you start like stuttering or thinking of stuff that it, it might hurt you but if you just first thing comes to your mind just go with it and just roll with it you're going so, you're going to inevitably do something good <laughs> so matt it's it's excellent that you bring that up because that actually leads perfectly to a a brain experiment and a theory that i'm starting to build here so yeah. obviously smack talk showdown and its expansion, the Lewd Attitude expansion, are just an awesome party game. You even mentioned it in the origin story of the game, that just like, even for non-fans, this is just sort of a fun thing to do. Yep. However, Chad and I, being in Florida, there's an overabundance of professional wrestlers down here. Yes, yes. And <laughs> we have had associations with schools and training, and we deal with a lot of wrestlers and talk with a lot of wrestlers. And we're big promo guys. And for a lot of wrestlers who come out of wrestling school, that's that's something that they can really struggle with. So I'm actually working on introducing Smack Talk Showdown as a learning tool yeah. for promo work. 
Yeah, because so, like well, you we've said. actually had uh, there's a couple wrestling schools. I forget the names of them because it was just someone said like, oh hey, we did that. We played this game at training that have used it in that space. Yeah, because like you yeah. said, just learning the lesson of just speaking with confidence, even if you don't have it all figured out yet, and and just getting comfortable in you know speaking in these like short bursts and things along those lines and and having to kind of keep in mind okay i gotta name drop the stores in the mall and i gotta maintain eye contact <laughs> like these are all things to kind of keep right. in mind um because just watching you know with the internet there's so much wrestling available and just seeing these guys who clearly someone threw a mic at them and was like hey you got to open the show or you got to go do this or cut a promo about this and they go out there and you just it's just a slow death of just them yeah. kind of being like, "Hey, um, well, I'm the I'm the number one wrestler <laughs> in the United States in all fifty states. Well, technically fifty one. Puerto Rico <laughs> is, pro- is probably going to become a state. And you're like, what are you, What are we doing? What are we doing? Have a right. point. Have a point in your promo. And so I'm absolutely going to introduce this game to uh, some of the young, you know, up and comers in Florida just because. You know, I can only yell at them behind the camera so many times right. <laughs> and, and not get my point across. And I feel like this is a much better tool to really kind of maybe bring some of that out and keep it lighthearted and fun. Um, yeah. I, of course, myself will not be able to play because I will take it too seriously. And, uh, <laughs> it'll make everybody uncomfortable. But You will uh, just be you'll be the forever producer. Right. right. Clearly, that's clearly my role. That's fine. I've made peace with that. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's a, it's a brilliant party game, but also I really do genuinely think it could be a tool to help, uh, especially new wrestlers just kind of figure it out because a lot of really making a, a lasting impression is just figuring out a voice. And for a lot of wrestlers, I don't know that they really get the opportunity to kind of work the kinks out or, or get comfortable with it. It's either all or nothing. It's either, you don't have a character for six months because nobody asked and you're just going to wrestle or it's okay, kid. Here's a microphone. Go cut this two in a promo, and it's just deer in the headlights for you know three and a half minutes. Right, right. So you're doing you're doing the wrestling lord's work, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yes. Well, that's good to hear. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, we love that people, have, you know, wrestlers have used it in that capacity, or we, you know, we'll hear it through the grapevine. Somebody brought it to a training or brought it to this because, like, we didn't. You know, like in retrospect, it's like, yeah, obviously that when it can be used, it can be used for that. But we didn't really have that in mind when we were initially, you know, making and developing the game. And it kind of ended up being a happy coincidence that it's like, oh, yeah, you can just use it for that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and so let me ask you this. What is some because you obviously we've got the expansion. Mm-hmm. Um which is a whole nother element, which I love, but what is something that personally you haven't been, you wanted to include in the game and just couldn't figure it out? Like what was one element that you were like, Oh, it'd be really great if we could do this. And it just didn't, it just didn't happen. I don't know. You know, our game is simple enough that, you know, there wasn't that many, you know, things like, Oh, we couldn't get this working or couldn't get that working. Cause at the end of the day, it's a pretty simple game and not many components. Uh, but I can talk about the stuff we, we took out of the game that <laughs> ended up being too much. Like I was oh, yeah. Earlier. Yeah, like I mentioned earlier with the – where we had the idea of the three different levels with different 
degrees of difficulty with something taken out in our early prototypes we had um we had a another set of cards that were our heel and face cards that you know at the start of the at the start of each turn each person playing would have would have you know either the heel side flipped up or the face side flipped up and then they would have to give the promo as a face or a heel you know as a good guy or a bad guy and then we and then we had a bunch of smack cards that were like okay now you're a bad guy and or like now you're a good guy again and uh, that was one of the things where when we were making we were like oh yeah that's pretty simple that's pretty easy that makes sense to us and then like i said you know we didn't want when we were play testing it we made a conscious decision not to play it with people who knew wrestling because we knew they would get it right and we didn't and we wanted to make sure that everyone who wants to play this game can play the game and it can understand the game and then when we started playing it with them everyone just defaulted to being a bad guy because that's the easiest way to go about it uh or they wouldn't pay attention to the cards or it would just be another extra thing we'd have to explain if they didn't know what a face or a heel was uh so that was something in our prototype that we took out um and yeah that's probably the biggest thing that we changed up uh we did have a our initial rule set where the producer draws those three smack cards uh the way it works now is you draw three smack cards and then at the end of one person's promo you discard any you discard every extra leftover card that you have and you draw three new ones and we found that this encourages people who are playing the producer to play the cards more frequently. Whereas what we've found happened if we didn't do that is they would say, oh, before the, you know, before the round even started, they would just put it in their head. Oh, I'm going to play this one on this person, this one on that person, and this one on this person. And sometimes it would end up happening where one person would only get one smack card played on them and the other person would get two smack cards played on it. So it would be kind of imbalanced mm. in that way. Uh, and then I'm trying, yeah, I can't, you know, I was trying, as I was going through, I was trying to think if there's anything we wanted to like, add in i think you know we've always wanted to do uh, oh i think oh i just remember so we had an a, idea way back and our first kickstarter was to do a set of waterproof cards because uh you know because it's a party game we would we would be assuming people would be playing you know have drinks very close proximity to a lot of the cards you are uh, correct sir yeah so we wanted <laughs> so we so one of the kind of like ideas we had back then was like oh well if we do like a stretch goal for a set you know maybe like a limited run set of waterproof cards that so if you spill something on it your cards are fine but it ended up being way too expensive because of just the the, the amount of cards in the base game is well we have like 550 cards so the, the cost of doing that um was too much and then i think and then something we've always talked about on and off was doing like small mini booster packs of cars that would you know be for more like for more very specific things uh either you know have like a oh this is like the uh you know when we've done uh you know we, we had tables at starcast events and we've done promo cards for them that would be like oh this is like a chicago themed card because it's taking place in chicago um so like boost you know small booster packs like that but again uh, you know, you have to print a certain amount of them and we're not at that, you know, we, you know, we sold out the first time and we have this new printing, but we're still not at kind of that large enough reach where we can, uh, you know, to print another run of kind of more niche cards. Right. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. So, but we yeah. get there eventually. We get there eventually. Oh, yeah. eventually. I mean, yeah, eventually we'd get there, but, 
uh, those are, yeah, those are probably the two kind of things we want to do. We still want to do maybe one day, like maybe even if it's just like one special, super special waterproof edition that we use as like a giveaway or a tournament prize or something like that. Personally, well, I, I think you should uh, you should get that you should re-release that face heel card, um, and then try to call up AEW and see if uh, you could get Paul White's uh, image on it because that's like that would be <laughs> a perfect Paul White card. Interestingly uh, enough, I was going to say, uh, genius move to take out the heel face card. Yeah, not just for people who are normies who don't under, who don't know all the ins and outs of wrestling, but also that would completely fly in the face of uh, any hopes that I have of getting wrestlers to use it as a training tool because as soon as i would throw out hey cut a face promo they'd be like i gotta go i can't i got um yeah i got a thing <laughs> and that's me throwing shade at this whole state i don't care yeah <laughs> you you drop them bombs mr Romero. you drop them yes. so uh, Zach, I don't know about you, but and especially I'm excited about this question today because I think I have some hope for the answer. I think I'm going to go to the Trevin Adams memorial question. Okay, interesting. Even though one Mr. Trevin is not dead because, uh, first off, hey, Trev, if you're listening, uh, but Matt lives up in Jersey uh, as far as I know. Oh, in Boston. Okay. Even better. Even better. So uh, I don't know this, then this may fail <laughs> miserably, but I'll find out. So, um, <laughs> It is, uh, but the question goes thusly, uh, it is late at night, you're, uh, you're driving home, uh, you, maybe you just left a wrestling show or you left a party where you were uh -huh. playing the game, uh, and you've got a rumbly in your tumbly. Uh, you're a little bit hungry and you want to get yourself something to eat, and uh, you come over a hill and you see a wonderful shining beacon of light of food goodness in front of you. Is that shining beacon a sheet or is that shining beacon a wawa? Well, so I'm from Baltimore originally, so I'm going to have to say nice. either of those and go with the what? Royal Farms. Oh, my God. Well, the ultra, are you sure you got rid of the heel card? What a twist. I know, right? That's not okay. <laughs> I mean, it's the specialty of, of Royal Bosco's guest stop or whatever the hell you just said. What, what Royal, the, Royal, Far Royal I Farms. I do know Royal Farms from living up in Maryland myself for a while. Uh, yep. Royal Farms is not bad. I mean, it's not sheets, but I, I will let him, I'll let him explain. So. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, Royal Farms is, is like Maryland, Baltimore's up parts, Pennsylvania's version of Wawa sheets, whatever. Uh, but their big claim to fame is their fried chicken. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yes. And that's where we and we've got places down here, Zach, that are actually labeled as Maryland fried chicken, and I'm sure it's based off of Royal Farms chicken. I think that's where that's coming from. So I was gonna guess it's probably just uh chicken tendies and they just call it that. But nevertheless that could be, could okay, be that too. So he he pulled the ultimate swerve on us on that question. That's fine. <laughs> uh so But if I had to pick okay, if I had to pick between the the sheets and a Wawa uh, I'll probably go with Wawa just because I've been to more Wawas than I've been to Sheets. Yeah, I, 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 I will take that win, even though I've never heard someone say the name of an establishment with such disdain. Like, I guess if I got to pick between a Sheets and a <laughs> Wawa, <laughs> I was too well. <laughs> uh, so, next question. This is going to be very interesting, Chad. I'm excited for this question, too. Um, okay. So fortunately, in the incredible performance art of professional wrestling, uh, we lose a lot of talent early. So, Matt, if you could play a round of Smack Talk Showdown with any wrestler who's no longer alive, 
whose ghost would you play against and why? Oh, Randy Savage. Oh, okay. Easily. Um, now, is I there mean, a particular era of Macho Man that lives in your brain palace or no? No, any any era, any era with him would be great. Um, I mean, he I think he he was definitely the first crop of promos. His were the first crop of promos we watched when we were uh, doing our initial like, hey, let's pull up a queue of promos to watch to get ideas. What? One would even say the cream of the crop promo. Right. Like, oh, he, yeah, hey, exactly. We said it, folks. We got there. Uh, his, yeah, so his, because essentially his promos were like the very first ones that we watched and were kind of the inspiration for the very first prototype cards that we did, that's who we would play with. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. And then final question here, uh, very much pertinent to professional wrestling and everything that we've talked about tonight. Uh, we here at the IndyCast believe that every animal in nature has certain evolutionary traits to ensure its survival. So giraffes have long necks, rhinos have big horns, et cetera, et cetera. Our belief is that human beings as an animal, their evolutionary trait is their ability to use tools. So one-third of the creative dynamos at Smack Talk Showdown, <laughs> Matt Ringler, if you could fight any animal, what would it be? And what weapon would you use? Is there any is there any limits on the weapon? Because I feel like a gun would be kind of unfair. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no. In fact, we've even had people go completely, almost like imaginative with uh, with weapons, pulling from uh, video games and movies and all sorts okay. of stuff. So, okay. Um, so yeah, you, and the the creature, the uh, animals have gone. It, oh, all over the from as crazy as mythical creatures all the way down to Sidney Bacabella, who said he would fight a kitten with a tack hammer because he always puts himself over to win. So <laughs> you, you've got some you got some range here. Okay. Room to win. Yeah, I just I just wanted to make sure it wasn't like oh yeah me just being like yeah I'll fight a deer with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Completely valid option though if that's the way you want to go. Um, okay, no no no. I'll, all right, so then all right, if we could fight any animal, we're gonna say a Bigfoot. Okay. Because if we can okay. if we can pull in cryptids and mythical mm -hmm. creatures, we're gonna say a Bigfoot. Uh, and weapon. Oh man, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of one that's not that's <laughs> not just some sort of gun. Um, <laughs> to make it interesting. Um, Oh I mean, so you, you set of, yourself uh, up here. Like know, you brought in of, the bone-in fish to the potluck. Like, uh, right. was, don't throw. Used up all the creative juices for that. Oh uh, man. So okay. So I'm blank. Uh, I'm blanking on what the name of the weapon is and what movie it's from. But great it was start. that great start. Yeah, I know. Great start. But it's like it's like some sort of glaive or whatever it was. But it's like it looks like a giant ninja star with a bunch of knives on the end of it that like shrink, you know kind of comes out. Oh, I'm really blanking on what. All right, so we won't is count that. that. The, is that the thing? No, is that the is that the weapon from Crawl? Crawl? Yeah. Yes, okay. yes, yes. Oh, the, the weapon from Crawl. <laughs> I'll fight Bigfoot with that weapon. I love that movie, oh by the God. way. What a wonderfully bad movie that is. That yeah. Oh, it's so good. Record. Jesus. That was oh uh, wow. Thank you. Okay. I was, yeah, I was blanking on that, but yes, that <laughs> the, the deep cut with crow. Oh my lord. 
By the uh, way, right. by the way, Zach, can I tell you something real quick here? I think I figured something out. I'm gonna gamble. Matt's age is a little closer to mine than it is to yours. I don't know. He's I don't made know. an L. He's made an LJN reference and a crawl reference. That's be, that's really in my uh, yeah. But that's I knew really both my of wheelhouse. Them, so who knows? Who knows? Well, yeah, but yeah, that's but that's we'll a whole go over his dating here. profile later, Chad. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Just send us to the Brian Cage. Bring up, bring up his Twitter. Yes, it's, it's Tinder later. So, right. uh, well, yes, sir. This is uh, the uh, opportunity. This is this partner show where one Mr. Brian Cage has officially given us permission to call. Get your shit in. Uh, tell people where they can buy this wonderful game, where they can find your social media, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The floor is yours. All right. So you can buy this game right now at SmackTalkShowdown.com. Uh, you can get the base game, which is uh, 550 cards of uh, for Smack Talk Show. So we have 100 name cards, 50 segment cards, uh, over 380 Smack cards. We have some blank cards in there as well. So if you want to write in some of your own stuff, you can do that. Um, you can get that there. You can also get the Lewd Attitude Expansion, which is our Not Safe for Work 100-card game expansion. Uh, you can get both of those at smacktalkshowdown.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at, at smacktalkshowdown without the O's. And you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at, at smacktalkshowdown. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Matt, thank you so much for joining us on the show here. Yeah, thank thanks for you having for me. The, thank you to the dozens and dozens for listening, as always. Uh, we are thrilled to, you know, showcase amazing show, uh, amazing games like this. And uh, we will hopefully be on the ground floor of other uh, ridiculous expansions later on. Maybe a whole math set. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, be that as it may, we are super thankful to everybody for following us on social media and, of course, uh, subscribing to any of the places that you hear podcasts. And so uh, until next time, everyone, I am, of course, Vicious Flame Zach Romero. He is Macho <laughs> Hunk Chad Allen. And until next time, we always say... Deuces! Hope I don't poop today. You're Achilles Mulligan! A jump scare is the Canadian destroyer of horror films. Pardon me. Might I suck mine own dick for a second? I'm ready to greet the day, you fucker. <laughs> Every single one of you guys has made a horrible decision. It's that dirty-ass Meryl Street. We are. We're touching wieners. Not touching wieners dude. professionally. Ric Flair said fuck a six-pack, and he never lost an ounce of pussy. What I am is a big, queer, stone-cold Steve Austin. Love dick. Birds don't give a fuck about your life.